for brother Jed Mitchell he's sick at home with a fever I said we'd remember that need tonight also want to continue to remember sister Jeannie brother Kenny amen and the healing process that is needed there amen that the Lord would just touch physically and strengthen and be with them during that time also we have a prayer request for brother Ron he had a lot of testing done this week and just very worn and tired in body 
Not only does he need strength, but amen, we're still praying for a miracle for him. And amen, we just want to lift him up this evening before the Lord. Also, we have uh, several of the ministers traveling this week, Brother Timothy, Brother Aaron, Brother Joe. Amen. So remember them as they're, as they're traveling. Amen. Also, um, want to continue to, amen, pray for uh, the Hollis family as well as those in the nursing home and amen that are on the hospice care just asking the lord to be with them and speak to them comfort them during this time if you have a need you want to lift up before the lord this evening amen and no matter how big or small it seems to you god amen told us to ask and to knock amen ask brother tim if he'd open the service for us in prayer amen Let's bow our heads together. Father, it's in the wonderful name of Jesus that we come. How privileged it is that we can call on that name. And no, Lord, it's our family name. Father, because we have been born into the family of God. And Lord, that's, that's our name. That's your name. And we're all a part of that family. And we're here tonight. Oh, God, believing with all of our hearts for your children, Lord. Believing, intercessing on their behalf of those that are in need. I ask that you would bless this service, Lord. That you would anoint every song. That you would anoint the ministry of the word as it goes forth. Lord, that you would anoint hearts to receive. And I pray, God, for those that are in need, Lord. The prayer requests that have been mentioned, Lord, we remember also our brother Kenny, sister Jeannie needs a touch from you tonight. Lord, may you bring a healing touch. For our brother Ron, Lord, the battle has been hard and the road long. But, oh God, you're still on the throne. And we know that you are able to do exceeding abundantly above that which we're able to think or ask. So, Lord, we ask that you do beyond our realm of thinking. And bring healing and deliverance to your servants, Lord. May the headaches go that he's been troubled with. And Lord, uh, his body respond to the word of God. His faith be lifted up to the promise. Ever to other need, Lord, supplied, Lord, that the shut-ins, the ones that can't come. And Lord, oh God, the Williams family that has suffered loss. And oh God, the many, many others, Lord, that have needs, those that are on hospice. That God, Lord, time for them to cross over. We can't stay here forever, Lord. We know that. So we just pray, Lord, that you'll be with them, Lord, in this moment, in this time. Remember, Sister Judy Dyer, Lord, as she lays there in, the, in their last moments. Maybe you, you would just come on the scene for her, Lord, and cut short her suffering, Lord, and welcome her home. Every need of your children tonight, I pray, oh God, that every sin will be brought under the blood. Every sinner will be dealt with. Every sick person will receive faith to be healed. Everyone that needs a spiritual uplift will be lifted up. And our faith increased and the power of God on display in this service. I pray in the name of Jesus that you'll grant it for your children. In Jesus' name, bless the offering every part that is taken of this service. The blessed we ask in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Are you ready to be lifted up this evening?
Amen. That reminded me of that song, Lord, lift me up and let me stand. Amen. My faith on heavens. Amen. Amen. My heart has no desire to stay where clouds arise and fears dismay. Though some may dwell where these abound, my prayer, my aim is higher ground. Lord, lift me up. Amen. The brothers can take up the offering. My faith on heaven's table lay a higher Hey! 
Lord a hand to God. Amen. Amen. You can be seated.
as Brother Matt McGeary is here this evening. Amen. I believe we have a great thing in store tonight. Amen. Consume me, Lord, with the fire of your spirit. Consume me, Lord, and make me more like you. Together, just make that your prayer to him tonight. Yes, Make me laugh. 
let's just go before him in prayer. Heavenly Father, how we love you. We thank you, Lord, that you looked upon us in our time of need and you made a way for us, Lord, when no one else could make a way for us. We were lost in sin without any hope, Lord, but you saw us and you made a way that we could be forgiven that we could be restored, Lord, and you've brought us to this place tonight. Lord, may we just allow the cares of this world now just to fade away. Lord, we're living in such an age of so much pressure, just pulling on us here and there. And Lord, we... We just want to be able to lay all that down now and say, Lord, what would you speak to my heart tonight, Lord? We, we have a lot of needs that are here, Lord. We, we have needs in the body, spiritual needs. There's sickness. There's ones that need deliverance. Lord, we have nowhere else we can go but to you. And we're thankful, Lord, that when you went to Calvary, you paid the penalty for our sins and you were beaten, Lord, for our healing you stretched forth your arms on that cross and you said it's finished Lord thank you I want to tell you Lord tonight thank you for doing that for us you didn't have to but you did And so now Lord we just want to take a little time we've sung the songs pray it's been pleasing to you knowing that you're in our midst now and just ask that you'd come and break the bread of life as only you can We love you, Lord. We just commit ourselves to you. In Jesus Christ's name we pray. Amen. Praise the Lord. Amen. If you have your Bibles, we'll be reading out of Deuteronomy uh, chapter 23. We want to thank Brother Tim for the opportunity to come and uh, minister to you. Uh, It's always good to be amongst friends and amongst family. And so we're just looking forward to what the Lord would have for us. Um, You know, I, I don't know about... You, but maybe maybe some of you had a little hard time trying to get to the house of God tonight. Anybody? You know, the devil's always fighting. He's always warring against you. And, and you know, we're, we're trying to have some meetings uh, this weekend back home. And, you know, when things start to stir up and it seems like things are maybe getting pulled this way and that way. And then things are getting disrupted. And it seems like, man, I can't even make it to the house of God. You might as well just get excited. You might as well start saying, you know what, obviously God has something in store for me because the devil is really fighting against this. So I'm just in great expectation for what the Lord would have for us. Uh, Just reading here in Deuteronomy uh, chapter uh, 23 and verse 5, just a short scripture reading. It says, nevertheless, the Lord thy God would not hearken unto Balaam, but the Lord thy God turned the curse into a blessing unto thee. Because the Lord thy God loved thee. Amen. We ask a blessing upon the reading of the word. You may be seated. I I just had this quote in my Bible. I I didn't plan on reading it, but it was so good I couldn't pass it up. Uh, The prophet of God would say, and why are people so tossed about? He says, the Christian faith is based solidly upon rest. That's right. A Christian is not tossed about. A Christian doesn't run from place to place. A Christian doesn't fuss and fume and worry about things. A Christian rests. It's all over. It's all finished for the believer at Calvary. That's right. Oh, sickness may come and disappointments. 
But the Christian is at rest knowing this, that God is able to keep that which he has performed. Knowing that no matter what the thing and how it looks, there is neither sickness, sorrow, death, there is neither starvation or anything that can separate us from the love of God that's in Jesus Christ. We're at rest. Just let the old ship toss any way she wants to. The anchor holds. Aren't you thankful for the anchor? You know, something in the heart of a believer, no matter what comes your way, uh, there's an anchor. And, and maybe just to pull this uh, text into, uh, give you some perspective here, just reading out of the Pergamian church uh, age, uh, the prophet would say, So Israel came up to the borders of Moab and sent messengers to the king, saying, We are brothers, let us pass through your land. If our people or animals eat or drink anything, we will gladly pay for it. But the king Balak got very excited that the head of the Nicolaitan bunch was not about to let that church come through with its signs and wonders and diverse manifestations of the Holy Ghost with their faces shining with the glory of God. It was too risky as he might lose some of his crowd. So Balak refused to let Israel pass through. In fact, so great was his fear of them that he went to a hireling prophet called Balaam and asked him to mediate between him and God and petition Almighty to curse Israel and render them impotent. And Balaam, being eager to take part in political affairs and become a great man, was only too glad to do so. But seeing that he had to approach to and receive an audience from God to get the people cursed, as he could not do it by himself, he went to ask God if he could have his permission to go. Now, isn't that just like the Nicolaitans we have with us today? They curse everyone that won't go their way. Uh, But I want you to take notice in our text. It says, God would not hearken unto Balaam. But the Lord God turned the curse into a blessing unto thee. Uh, By the help of God, I'd like to just speak to you this evening on turning the curse into a blessing. And I want to just look at the scripture right out here in the beginning. Why did he do it? Why, Why did he turn the curse into a blessing? Because he loved you. And I think maybe that it might be a, just a good way to start the service tonight is just to start to think about the love of God. Amen. That God loves you. He, 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 he has your best interest in mind. You might not feel like he does, but God is looking out unto you with compassion. He wants to take care of you. He, he wants to bury you up. He wants to minister to your needs. God loves you. You know, when that first urgent cry came uh, from the Garden of Eden that Adam and Eve had fallen. You know, they had broken the commandment of God and now they they were coming under the judgment of God. And as he was driving there from the Garden of Eden, uh, the prophet of God would dramatize it there. Uh, They were going out with them sheepskins just uh, beating against their legs and that the dripping blood uh, 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 dripping down them. But there was something uh, uh, funneling down, L-O-V-E, that wasn't willing to see them go out in that condition. And God said, I'll put enmity. Between thy seed and the woman's seed promising of a savior. See, he wasn't willing to leave his children in that condition. He was going to make a way. He didn't want to see them living under the curse. He didn't want to see them living under the penalty of sin. So he made a way that they could be delivered. He made a way that they could be forgiven. Oh, the love of God. Have you ever experienced it? I mean, it's hard to even fathom it. 
If it's just a church story to you and, and maybe it's just something that's talked about at church, I say, why don't you start to ask God if, if there's such a thing, why don't you show your love to me because there's nothing like it. Oh, oh, when you're in need and you're in bondage and, and you don't know where to go and you don't know what to think and you feel like you're going to have a mental breakdown and the love of God comes to you and he, he wraps his arms around you and he tells you that you're my son and I love you. Oh, uh, he'll be a fatherless to the fatherless. He'll be a husband to the widow. Or he'll, be a, he'll be whatever you have need of tonight if you'll just open up your heart and say, Lord, here I am. Show your love unto me, oh God. I'm seeking your face. I have a need tonight. I want to bring your attention to Deuteronomy chapter 30 and verse 19. It says, I call heaven and earth to record this day against you. That I have set before you life and death, blessing and cursing. Therefore choose life that both you and thy seed may live. You have a choice that you can make tonight. You, you, you can choose the condition and feel like there's no way out or you can look to a promise. You can choose life. And we know that the Old Testament was law. It was just a shadow of the New Testament. They obey the word and be blessed. Disobey the word and be cursed. The prophet of God would say this in putting on the whole army. He said, many people just take, take in the letter. The letter killeth, but the spirit giveth life. See, and they take their creeds and so forth, still killeth, but when you are taking the spirit, that's God himself. How do you know it's God? Because he's taking the word and manifesting it. See, then it's God himself. Oh my, spoken word. Yes, sir. Look, many people, many churches say they believe the word. Many people say they believe the message. Many people proclaim uh, that they're Christians and that there's believers. But I want to ask you, where's the life? Where is the spirit? Because the prophet is pointing out if you believe the word, well, the word is one thing. If you believe the letter, but the letter killeth, but there has to come something else. There has to come the spirit to make that word live. Because if you're only laying claim to a letter, if you're only laying claim to the books and, and the tapes and just what's been written out there, then it's going to kill. But if you want to say, oh God, I need the spirit of Christ to come and quicken the word, that the quickening power can be found in me and make this word live look there's no other way to do it the flesh profiteth you nothing you're not going to be able to manifest this message on your own it's going to have to come from something from somewhere a power come from somewhere to quicken that word to you and to bring it into manifestation Jesus said, it's the spirit that quickeneth. The flesh profiteth nothing. I don't know about you, but has anybody found out that the flesh don't profiteth you anything? If you've lived on this earth long enough, it don't take long to find out that this old bag of bones can't profit anything. You just mess everything up. You can try to bring to pass the word of God. You can try to live the message. You can try not to cut your hair. You can wear long dresses and all of that. You, you might look like the, the greatest example of a message believer, but in that state, the letter killeth. It takes more than your good effort. It takes more than your works because the flesh profit you nothing the words that I speak unto you they are spirit and they are life I say if I have a choice I, I choose life I choose the spirit I, I, I love the word I love the message but I want the life of the message I want the
the spirit of the message. I want it to come into me. I want to see it in manifestation. I want to see it in power. I don't want to just leave it on a book. I don't want to just leave it on a tape. I don't want to leave it in some prayer line back in the 60s. I want to see the same God, the same power, the same manifestation in my body, in my church, in my family, right here, right now, today, not tomorrow, not some other week. We're not even guaranteed tomorrow. We have tonight. And I say, why not tonight, oh God? Pour your spirit out upon the believers. I want to see the word in full manifestation and in power in you and in you and in you. Why it's been promised. The question is, what are you following? You must choose your leader. Choose today. You choose life or death. Your choice will determine your eternal destination. What you choose, remember Jesus said, follow me. And you're invited to do so. And to follow him to eternal life, you must come on his terms. That's right. The word. Not upon the creed, not upon the public opinion. We got a lot of public opinion nowadays. Not upon a so-called message opinion. A lot of opinions out there. Not upon what anybody else thinks about it, but on what God said about it. What God said about it. See, Satan's always wanting to cause doubt. That's what he's been doing from the very beginning. Hath God not said. I wonder why we are so quick to reason amongst ourselves with the word of God. Look, if the prophet said it, I believe it. If it's laying in the way, I don't care where it's at. If it's 47 to 65, I don't care if he said it, I believe it. If he said these signs shall follow them that believe, I believe it. If he said in my name, you shall cast out evil spirits, you shall lay hands on the sick and they shall recover, I believe it. But the devil wants to sit there and be the skeptic and say, well, you prayed for so-and-so and they weren't healed. I'm not looking at results as some type of vindication for what God said. Because God meant what he said. Because I pray for somebody and they're not healed doesn't mean God's a liar. It only means I'm going to stand there and continue to believe because I have a promise. Isn't that what Abraham did? When all the skeptics and everybody said, Abraham, what are you doing? He said, I have a promise. But we got to choose what we're following. We got to choose what we're listening to. We got to choose what we're giving our ear to. Satan's over here just trying to get you to doubt, cause you to believe God's word. You go through trials and you go through heartaches and you go through pain and the Satan tries to come along and tell you that God's not a a healer. God doesn't love you. God, God, God doesn't care for you. Come on, that's his tactic. That's exactly what he did with the prophet. When the prophet was going through the most trying hour of his whole life, there his wife had been taken from him, his baby had been taken from him, and there he's he's pleading for his baby. He's asking God because now his his Sharon Rose is being taken from him. He's like, Lord, will you hear? He felt like a black curtain came down, like God wouldn't even hear his prayer. He come way too late to tell Brother Branham that that God uh, wasn't a healer, that God wasn't real. He come way too late to tell me. I, I've seen the transforming power of God. 
I know what I used to be. Glory. Come too late to tell me. But he has a way of working on your mind. You, in your flesh, you get weak. You, you feel like you've been bearing this burden so long and under the weight of the pressure, then he kind of slips in and says, you know what? He really don't love you. And it was in that moment, Brother Branham thought, you know what? He said, you look, he, he, you know, your, your brother's died and this family member's died and that member, and all you've done is you've labored all this and he really doesn't love you. And he just thought, you know what? If that's how it is, And he was about to throw in the towel. But there was something there that was keeping him. There was something there that was holding him. Don't you realize that in your life, it's not you keeping yourself, but there is something there. I want to say that's the only reason you're here tonight is there has been something keeping you, something holding you, something over your life that's been watching out over you, that's been protecting you, that's been bringing you to this place where you are now. Not something you can do. It's something that God has already done. But we go through our tests. We go through our trials. The prophet would say, and how can I overcome? He says, he that cometh to God must first be tested. What with the word? That's God's test. Do you believe it? He that cometh to God must be tested. That only shows a true child. Then see, be tested. And when the test comes, you can't overcome. Listen now. You can't overcome lest there's a test given to you. And when the test is given, it's to see whether you can overcome or not. And Jesus said to him that overcometh, the test. The test is the greatest thing that ever happened to you. Well, you might not feel like, what are you talking about? It's the greatest thing that ever happened to me. Sure doesn't feel like it. It sure doesn't look like it. You feel like you've been warring and battling this for so long, for so many years. You feel like you can't go any further. You can't go on and you're trying to tell me this is the best thing that ever happened to me. You got a choice to make tonight. You can take God at his word and say, Lord, if you say that's the greatest thing that ever happened to me, then I'm going to praise you. Oh, watch out. The devil hates that now. The test is the greatest thing that ever happened to you. I believe it's written in the scripture. Peter said that our trials are worth more to us than precious gold. It's a testing time. It's one good evidence to us that God is with us when we're tested. For all children of God are tested and tried. All God's children are tested and tried. And the trial is the greatest thing that ever happened to you. You know, when... When the Hebrew children were about to be thrown into the fiery furnace, I don't necessarily think they were walking along saying, you know what, guys, I think this is the greatest thing that ever happened to us. I mean, tell you what, we we couldn't have asked for any, can you believe this? We 
are being escorted by the guards to a fiery furnace under the king's command. I tell you what, this is all my hopes and all my dreams. I was just hoping this would happen. I mean, I tell you what, I, I just was wondering, Lord, what could be the greatest thing that ever happened in my life? And I was like, ha No, it didn't feel that way. It didn't look that way, but what were they doing? They had a promise. They had a word, and they said, you know what? I'm not going to go, I'm not going to bow down to the God of this evil age. Oh, king, live forever. Look, if, if God delivers us, he'll deliver us. If he don't, he don't. But whatever you do, I'm not bowing down to your image. I'm not bowing down to Satan's Eden. I'm not going to give up and say God's not a healer. I'm not going to come down under the test and say, you know what? Well, God didn't mean what he said. No, God meant what he said. And it's in the test, in the trial, when it's the greatest thing that ever happened to you. I don't know how the whole scene unfolded, but I could just imagine them uh, uh, walking them down. There could have been people rallying around, uh, wagering bets. How, do you, how close do you think they'll get to the furnace, man? I don't know. The last guys didn't even get with 50 feet of it, and it was only heated twice. It's seven times. How much you got on it? They don't make 100 feet close to that thing. Now all of a sudden the guards are dropping, and they're still walking. I go, what is going on here? They got closer to the other guys. You see, it was in the trial. It was in the test. Didn't look like it was the greatest thing that ever happened. But it was in the fire, there was a fourth man. Sounds like a pretty great thing. When the king looked down there, I I thought we threw only three in there. I like that story about the footprints on the sands of time. He said, Lord, I looked back through my life and I wondered. There, there we were walking together, but when I got to my lowest hours, when I got to my darkest night, I only see one, foot of, one set of footprints. Why did you leave me in my darkest hour? When I felt all alone, I felt I couldn't take another step. I, I felt I couldn't cry another tear. I, I thought I was going to lose my mind. I was ready to give up. I was ready to throw in the towel. I couldn't take it any longer. Why did you leave me? Oh, son, oh, daughter. That's not, I didn't leave you. That's when I was carrying you. Those footprints you see are me bearing you up and holding you. I've been carrying you. I've been bringing you through. It's in those greatest trials and those greatest hours that God manifests himself to the believer. That God is proving his word in your life. See, if it was in your own efforts, if it was in your own ability, you would have given up a long time ago. You'd have thrown in the towel a long time ago. You'd have said, well, it's just my time to go. I don't think I can go on any longer. But something has been keeping you. Something has been carrying you. It was in that fire that Jesus Christ came on the scene. Yeah, I think of the children of Israel. You would have thought that after all the miracles and all the things that they had seen, here God brought them out by a mighty hand. Right then, now, now they've, they've, they've come out of Egypt. They're at the Red Sea. And, and once again, they're murmuring and complaining. Oh, Moses, did you bring us out here to die? You know, watch the mighty hand of the Lord. He, he, and now he, he parts the Red Sea and they, they go through on dry land. 
destroys all their enemy. Now they get out in the wilderness and once again they're thirsty. They're, they're starting to murmur. They're starting to complain. They have needs like, Moses, did you bring us out here to die? Is that what we do as mature Christians when, 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 when it starts to get really hard? And it seems like we're not going to be able to pay the bills and, and just doesn't seem like everything's going right. We start to wonder, where did I mess up? Where did everything go wrong? I think that if I was out there in the wilderness and I'd seen God time after time after time deliver me, time after time after time God meet my need, I would have said, you know what, if we're thirsty, I'm going to start looking for rain. If I'm hungry, I'm going to start looking for manna. If you have a need, I say, why don't you just start looking for the blessing? Why did you start looking for your deliverance? Why did you start looking for the manifestation of the promise? I wonder if you're really in expectation for the manifestation of the word that God has spoken. You know, the most powerful word has been spoken over the bride of Christ that in the hour that you're living in, in the most wicked age, that you are going to be changed in a moment in a twinkling of an eye. That your womb has already been sealed by the word of God that you can't even be impregnated by the things of this world. We sound like we're lunatics. But you are the very one that is going to manifest the fullness of this word. Hey, I believe it. The doctor doesn't have the final say. You know, the doctor told me I had cancer. Okay, but God said I'm healed. I have a choice. Sure, we recognize we battle. We recognize we might have sickness, but that is not our, the, the doctor doesn't have the final say. We're not interested in public opinions. We're not interested in man ideas. Sure, doctors do what they can do. They do all they can do, but the doctor doesn't have the final say. When the doctors go so far, that's where God steps in. That's what we believe. And that's where we stand. Faith is not based on anything else but the word of God. Faith is not based on past failures. Faith is not based for what you produced in the flesh. Faith is based on the word. And faith comes by hearing the word. It's about time we start believing in who we really are. We have a choice and it's just not on Wednesday night and it's just not on Sunday morning. We have a choice every single day of our life that this word would come into manifestation in our lives. Could you imagine if we had the same expectation? My, you know, sometimes we come into a meeting, we get all pumped up and we get all washed and cleaned out and we feel so good and and so revived and so refreshed and we're on fire for God and we're going back and we're actually talking amongst the young people saying, oh my, wasn't God so good? And then it's just maybe a little time, one week, two weeks, three weeks, and all of a sudden we're back right to the regular routine and we're starting to uh, uh, entertain the same things that we come out of and all of a sudden we come from the mountaintop and we're back in the valley. That's the time to go fighting. But we get on cruise control. Man, I feel good. I'm all washed up now. I guess I can go relax. No. We want to go into Monday into battle, Tuesday into battle. 
seeking that which is lost, praying for those that are sick, say, Lord, uh, speak to me, lead me, guide me, Lord. I want to see your word in action in my life, in my family, in my school, in my relationships, in my marriage, on my job, Lord. Oh, God, let me be that surrendered vessel that your life, that the quickening power can come down into, Lord, that your dynamics can come into the mechanics. Oh, I believe the message. I believe the word. That's the mechanics. But, oh, God, I need the dynamics of the message. I need the quickening power of almighty God to drop down and quicken the seed quicken the word that I can be your hands extended not just some fairy tale not just between these four walls but each one of you Christ the word manifested in your body oh but you feel like you got so much going on You know, Abraham certainly would have had a lot to point to. Saying, look, I'm old. I have no ability. But you gave me a promise. But I love the scripture. It says, Abraham staggered not at the promise of God. Through unbelief. But was strong in faith, giving glory to God. There's a key there. Strong in faith. Giving glory to God. Sounds like Abraham had a little stimulation of revelation. Strong in faith, giving glory to God. Now think about it now. He's received a promise. He has no ability to bring it to pass. And here he's going around acting like he's going to have a baby. Talking like he's going to have a baby. Now think about it. Here's grandma and grandpa walking around. Bless God, glory to God, we're going to have a baby. Go ahead and get the baby clothes. Go ahead and and get the carriage. Go ahead and get everything lined up. We're going to have a baby. Imagine the critics. Imagine the scoffers. Imagine everybody looking. Imagine the doctors looking at Abraham and saying, Abraham, what's the matter with you? You're, You're well stricken in age. Oh, but Abraham had something. Abraham had a revelation. Because faith is a revelation. Abraham knew he was going to have that child. Why? Because God said he was going to have that child. So he started acting like he was going to have a baby. He started talking like he was going to have a baby. Well, I wonder if we've really caught a revelation that we're going in a rapture. That we're really going to go in a body change. That these signs shall follow them that believe. I wonder if we get a little stimulation of revelation. We might just start talking like it. We might just start acting like it. We might just start proclaiming it. We might just start speaking it. And yes, the whole world's going to look like you and say, you sound really funny. You sound really funny talking about that. Yeah, maybe I do. Maybe I sound really funny. The scripture says, if you say to this mountain... Speak the word. If you say to this mountain, I'm going to start speaking the mountains. I might sound really funny. You know, I tell you what, they really sounded funny on the day of Pentecost. They sounded so funny that when they busted out the doors into the streets, all the town looked at them and said, you know, these guys are drunk men. They sound, they're talking funny. They're sounding funny. They're acting funny. But Peter had to say, no, no, we are not drunk as you suppose. This is that which was promised by the prophet Joel. I'll pour out my spirit upon all flesh. 
I want to be like Abraham. Lord, I stagger not at the promises through unbelief. But Lord, I'm going to give you glory. I'm going to give you praise. In the midst of the trial, in the midst of the storm, when everything seems like it's going wrong, Lord, I'm going to give you praise. You might sound funny. Lord, thank you. You said in your word that the trial, the test is the greatest thing that ever happened to me. You let that sink into your heart. You start talking like it. You start acting like it. Lord, I know you'll see me through. Lord, your grace is sufficient. Lord, by your stripes, I'm healed. Lord, you've given me the promise. So, Lord, I'm going to give you praise. It's really a bad day today. I'm really struggling, Lord. But you're my Savior. You're my Redeemer. Lord, I give you all the praise. Thank you for your great love, wherein if you love me, Lord. Uh, You're so gracious. You're so merciful. Thank you for salvation, Lord. Thank you for this message. I'm going to give you praise, Lord. I'm going to give you glory. I'm going to give you adoration because there you have something that this world can never have. It's faith in a promise. And no matter what comes your way the devil can never rob you from that it's anchored and even when you want to give up even when you want to go you know what something catches something's holding you something's keeping you he that believeth on me the works that I do shall he do also and greater works than these shall he do because I go unto my father We've heard these things where the prophet would say, so when a spirit born, spirit filled man in faith takes the word into his heart and places it upon his lips, why that's the same as deity speaking. Every mountain must go. Satan cannot stand before that man. Do we shrink back from that? We have to take these words into our heart and we must declare We must declare. Yeah, we're going through some hard times. We're going through some hard trials. We have some loved ones and we have some family and certain ones that are suffering and we're praying and we're believing. This ain't the hour to back up, church. This ain't the hour to shrink back. This ain't the hour to wonder and to doubt. This is the hour to proclaim more than ever before. My God is a healer. My God is a deliverer. My God is a savior. My God will do what he said he would do. My God will perform the promise that he has given to me. Faith declares it. I won't stagger. I won't back up. I won't sit down. I'll keep preaching it. I'll keep proclaiming it over and over again. Why? Because I have received a promise. We're blessed. Prophet said, when Israel was on its march and come to the land of Moab, there was a gate and they said, we will not let you pass through. And they brought out their prophet to curse the people. Instead of cursing, he blessed. They tried to show him all the bad things that this people had done. But God showed him the good things about it. Oh, let that settle into your heart. For he's seen that smitten rock and that brass serpent going before him, making an atonement for them. Instead of cursing, he blessed the seed and they possessed the land because they were on their road 
keeping a promise of Jehovah, nothing could stop them for they were Abraham's seed with a promise that they possessed the gate of the enemy and they took it all. I'm letting that promise of God settle in my heart. Lord, nothing can stop me. Nothing can stop your word because it's not me. It's you and me. Greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world and you are on your way home marching to Zion with a promise and Satan's trying to come into your way and trying to cast a stumbling block and say you're cursed and you're sick and you'll never make it. I'm going to point to your failures. I'm going to point to your past and devil's constantly trying to make you look this way and look that way and look any which way but except at the promise. But if you'll just keep a single eye on his word and say Lord you promised. You said Lord you gave me my family. You gave me my son. You gave me my daughters. You gave me the Holy Ghost. You gave me deliverance. You gave me healing. You gave me salvation. Lord you have given me everything that I have need of and I am on my way home. I am going to Zion and I'm just going to praise you. I'm going to worship you. I'm going to give you glory. If the devil comes and tries to curse me, I'm going to say shut up old devil. Shut your mouth. You go sit down in the corner. My God is real. My God is a healer. My God is a deliverer. I'm going to praise him. I'm going to give him glory because he's more than any more than life to me. Why? He's the same yesterday, today and forever. Why don't you just start praising him on your way to Zion because you have a promise. You have a promise. You're God the deliverer. He's the healer. He gives you your family. Don't stagger. It's the time to give him praise. My Bible says Abraham gave him glory. I'm going to praise him in the trial. I'm going to praise him in the storm because I have a promise. I'm on my way home with a promise. God give me my family. He give me my kids. He give me my health. Well, Brother Matthew, you're sick. I don't care. God gave me my health. You sound really funny, Matthew. You're sicker than you ever been. I don't care. God gave me a promise and I'm on my home to, uh, to glory. I have a choice. I'm not interested in the devil's opinion. I'm not interested in the naysayers. I'm not interested in the critics. Critics just want to criticize. You want to do something good out of your heart and they're, they're trying to fact check you. Trying to criticize you. And they ain't even doing anything for the kingdom of God. At least I'm trying. At least I'm trying to pray for the sick. At least I'm trying to preach the gospel. At least I'm trying to speak words of a Christ. At least I'm trying to do something to give my Lord glory. What are you doing? Just sitting around criticizing everybody. I'm a message believer. And, and Brother Branham said this. And Brother Branham said that. And he did, you said this. And he didn't say that. Well, what are you even doing? Just trying to cause confusion. Just trying to get people to disagree. Just trying to break up the church. It sounds like you're Balak. 
You're just trying to cast a stumbling block before the church and say, brother so-and-so said this, and you know, he shouldn't have said that. Can you believe that? Trying to ruin the confidence the people have in the man, the very man that's that's preached the word and brought forth births after births after births into the kingdom of God, and people want to sit around and criticize. Shame on you, Balak. Shame on you, Balaam, trying to cast a stumbling block in the way of the elected of God. I'm going to get out of my way, devil. I got a promise. And I'm on my way to glory. And I'm going to take everybody I can with me. I ain't leaving a hoof behind. I'm taking my kids. I'm taking my family. I'm taking my brothers. I'm taking my sisters. I'm going to lay hands on the sick. These signs are going to follow them that believe. I am going to manifest everything that has been spoken by Malachi 4 5 because I've been elected to do it. I won't stop short. Because greater is he that is in you. It's about time we realize the devil ain't picking on you. Oh my. I remember one time when I was a kid. I was out in the apartments and some big kid, he wanted to play a little trick on me. He lived on the second story and there's a little circle made out of a rope, you know, about three feet around. He said, oh, you're supposed to stand in the circle. I stood in the circle. And he pulled that thing, dragged me right down the stairs. He was bigger than me. But I got to thinking, I got a bigger brother. <laughs> so I went and got my brother. and My brother, he was bigger than me, but he wasn't bigger than him. But I was his little brother. And he didn't care if that guy was bigger than him. He picked on his little brother. And he fought for me. And we teamed up on him. (laughs) Well, come on. If the devil's picking on you. Say, wait a second here, devil. You you, you, You picking on me? I got a bigger brother. I got the firstborn among many brethren. His name is the Lord Jesus. And my big brother's the one that defeated you on Calvary. My big brother's the one that ascended down into your house and took the old keys to your own house and slammed the door on you. I got my big brother here tonight to do battle for me. So if you pick on me, you're picking on him and we're going to gang up on you. I'm going to gang up on that devil. He's trying to make you sick. He's trying to make you defeated. It's about time the children of God came up on the devil say boo devil get out of here get out of my life get out of my mind get out of my church I'm ready for the power of God to sweep down into the building to save all of those that are lost to heal all of those that are sick I will proclaim the word of the God hallelujah he's more than able by the time we make a choice Oh no, I, I already see it. The devil's like, we done messed up tonight. <laughs> Not again. Yep. Again, you dumb devil. You done messed up again. You picked on a son and a daughter of God. And we got a big brother. His name is Jesus Christ. And I got good news. He's in the building. That 
That might be a news flash to somebody. Jesus Christ is here. Why don't you open up your heart and let him in? Why don't you start talking to him? It's not enough just to acknowledge it. What about your need? What about your family? Blind Bartimaeus could have just said, oh, oh, that's what all the noise is about. But he said, wait, wait a second. That's who? Who's passing by? Oh, son of David, if you're really here, Lord, would you pass by my way? I'm going through a hard time. I'm going through a time. You know, Satan's very crafty. You know, Paul said, my speech and my preaching was not with enticing words of man wisdom, but it was in demonstration of spirit and power. The prophet said, if, if Satan can't curse you, curse you, he'll try to organize you. And he said, so Balaam got Israel to commit fornication. He said, did you know that physical fornication is the very same spirit that lies in organized religion? Now let God deal with your heart because this doesn't have to be some way off out there. We're talking about natural typing spiritual. Because this bride will manifest everything that's been spoken of her. It's not a challenge, it's a prophecy. Prophecies don't waver. Prophecies aren't a what if. Prophecies are sure. Sometimes these promises that lay in the word, we feel like they're at arm's length because sometimes we have a choice to make. Sometimes there's steps we have to make. Because he says if he can't curse you, he's going to organize you. Think about that. Sometimes we get into our routine. Sometimes we get comfortable in, within the framework of our church. Sometimes we get comfortable in our, our life to where we just kind of are getting by. But you are not called to tolerate sin. You know, it makes me think of a story I, I, I comes to me. Anybody ever had a a fire alarm in your house, a little smoke detector, start to beep. That is irritating. But you know, it's really something's funny about it. If you just kind of allow it and you put up with it for a little bit and you put up with some more, you, you start to not really notice it anymore. You start to tolerate it. You know, they say confession's good for the soul, so I'm going to confess. You know, I'm going to make an excuse for myself, and you forgive me because I'm wrong. But in the work that I've done, once again, I'm I'm just making an excuse, so don't, don't buy it. In the work that I do, I get in and out of my car all the time. And, uh, Brother Tim, if you can imagine, it's hard for me to remember to buckle my seatbelt. Well... You know, there's a warning in your car that goes ding, 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 ding. Well, I've tolerated that thing so long. I've been on the phone talking to somebody. 
And the person on the other end of the phone would say, will you please put your seatbelt on? <laughs> and I'm like, I can't even hear it. You know, we do that with sin. With little besetting sins and little things that we entertain, we just kind of tolerate it. Well, that's just kind of the way it is. And you just tolerate it. And all of a sudden we allow things into our life, into our relationships, into our marriage, into our workspace. And we wonder why we get to where we are. It's because the little things that we're tolerating, but you're not called to tolerate sin. You're called to put sin under your feet. Remember Brother Branham said it's, it's unconfessed sin of you believers that will cause the church to bitterly fail. Not, not unconfessed sin of you sinners. Oh, that's a key. Not unconfessed sin of you make believers. No, the unconfessed sin of you believers will cause this church to bitterly fail. And I want to just encourage you. I'm not trying to discourage you, but I, I'm trying to encourage you in the Lord that, that we can't just go and sin in our private lives and think that it does not affect the body. That is exactly what Achan thought. He thought, you know, I'm just on my own. I'm going to partake of this for myself. And it caused the whole church to bitterly fail. So we have a responsibility. We have something that we have to do because you, the prophet of God said, and is your life worthy of the gospel? He said, we've got to follow every day, every hour of the day, every step of the way. We've got to be led by the Lord Jesus Christ. If we don't, we take an organizational life. Think of this. This smote me when I read this. And a life that doesn't follow Christ daily isn't worthy. I said, God, forgive me for taking on an organizational life. Are y'all hearing what the prophet's saying? We've got to follow every day, every hour of the day, every step of the way. We've got to be led by the Lord Jesus Christ. If we don't, we take an organizational life. And a life that doesn't follow Christ daily is not worthy. You are called to be more than just a churchgoer. You're called to have dominion. When Jesus came into the water, he said to John, John he said, suffer it to be so, John. John's like, me, me baptize you. Yes, John, suffer it to be, be so because it becometh us to fulfill all righteousness. There's been a prophetic word that has been spoken. And we must fulfill that which has been spoken. John, it becometh us to fulfill all righteousness. Don't you know, bride, that it becometh us to fulfill all righteousness. Everything that has been spoken to you. It becometh us to fulfill all the words that have been spoken of the bride in the last day. She is him. Yes you. It becometh us to fulfill all the words that have been spoken. Amen. Look Malachi 4, five has come to restore us back. And I say back all the way to the beginning. That even... Restore back the faith of the original Pentecostal fathers. Where they're at the gate, beautiful, they were walking by, silver and gold have I none, but such as which I have, I give to you. You got to have something to be able to give. We need the quickening power. The words that I speak unto you, they are spirit and they are life. Lord, I thank you for the word. I thank you for the mechanics. But Lord God, I need the dynamics to come and make that word live. Malachi 4 has come to restore us back to the beginning. 
If you say to this mountain, if you say, little gods, Messiah, we're being restored all the way back to the beginning where you have dominion. Where you can speak the word. The prophet of God said now, the world is groaning and nature is growing, crying, everything's moving. What for the manifestation of the sons of God? When true sons. I'm reading real familiar quotes because I'm reading them slowly because I really want these to settle into your heart. For the manifestation of sons of God, when true sons, born sons, filled sons, speak their word and it is backed. I'm in expectation and believing. I'm not looking for something to come for this. We've received everything that we have need of to produce the fullness of the word right now. Right now. If we can all come into one mind and one accord, if we can all plead the blood of Jesus Christ, if we can all uh, 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 confess of our sins, if we can all start believing together and say, you know what? Brother Matthew, you're right. I, I've, been, I've kind of been living on the line. I've been living on the... And you said that our unconfessed sins can cause the church to bitterly fail. You know, there ought to be something in your heart that wants to repent and say, Lord, I, forgive me for hindering the move of the Holy Spirit. Come on. It, it, did, he, did the prophet mean what he said? Then I say it's time, church. Let's get everything under the blood. Let's get our lives right. Let's get our marriages right. Let's get our families right. Let's, let's apply the token. Let's stop going through cycles of just repeating, besetting over and over. And I'm moving towards something. By God's grace, we'll pull this all together. Prophetess God said he's able to achieve to himself a bride. He's going to do it in the last days. Be able to get a bride that with the ministry exactly like his. Like a man and his wife become one. And when Jehovah gets his people like him, then he lives in his people. They are one. It fulfills the scripture exactly like he said in St. John 14. He that believeth on me the works that I do shall he do also. Now don't worry, by God's grace we'll pull this all together. You might wonder where how of our, all, all of our thoughts going to come in here. But we're called to be overcomers. Sure, we're going to have tests. We're going to have trials. We're going to battle sickness. The prophet said the rapture, and this is in the rapture message, said the rapture which is coming to pass. And anything that God has in the line of his word, there's always something to come out to upset that if they can. It's Satan's purpose to do that. It's Satan's purpose to try to break up the church. It's Satan's purpose to try to cause division in the family. It's Satan's purpose to try to cause conflict. That's, that's what his whole goal is, is, is to disrupt the very plan of God and to get you to start to doubt who you are and to wonder why all of these things are happening in your life. And then we come, many of us come back to the place and say, you know, Brother Matthew, but I've tried. I, I've, I, I believe all these things. I believe what the prophet said, but... But I don't see any of the manifestation in my life. I just can't ever get the victory. Why, why do I always revert right back to the same things over and over, brother? And it seems like I can never get total victory. Well, let's just remind you that it's because of sinful flesh that you were born in a fallen nature. We'll just deal with something really simple here. You have a fallen nature. You come into this world in a fallen nature living under a curse. You know that? 
We've been living under the curse because of sin. The scripture would say because of one man's disobedience, we are all made sinners. Romans 3.23 would say for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. When you come into this world, you're born in sin. You didn't even come with a fighting chance. Well, I feel better already. Yeah, maybe the reason why you feel like you've been getting whooped is because you didn't have a fighting chance in the first place. You were born in sin, shaped in iniquity, come into the world speaking lies, within your own spirit, the desire of sin, a lover of sin, because you were born in sin. You didn't have a chance. But, down inside of you somewhere, here you come. Oh, hallelujah. There was something in there that began to draw. My Bible tells me no man can come unto the Father unless he draws him. Okay, I want you to focus on one thing. Maybe you've been going through a a cycle. Maybe you feel like you've been getting beat up. But something inside of you believes the word. Something inside you, Brother Matthew, I've tried over and over and over. I keep falling. I keep failing. I I keep giving in to the same spirit of lust. I keep giving in to these same things. I feel like I can never get the victory. But I want to ask you one question. Is there something in there that wants to be delivered? Is there something in there that want to manifest the word? Is there something in there? What is that? It's God drawing you. Don't you see that's the very blessing of God upon your life that he's drawing you? Yes, you were born in a sin nature. But regardless of your natural birth, God has placed an ability in you. A predestinated seed that within that curse, there's something in you that's drawing you that God wants to bless you. Prophet said, when I was born, uh, Charles and Ella Branham in there, nature, I was a sinner. I came to the world a liar and all the habits of the world laid right in me. But down in there too, was another nature present, predestinated, was in there by God. In this same body, two natures. My, think of Jacob. Jacob was a shyster. He was a coward. Brother Brenham, I think we'd call him lazy, a mama's boy, a sissy. But regardless of how bad Jacob was. The Bible says, Jacob have I loved and Esau have I hated for the children not yet being born, neither having done any good or evil, that the purpose of God according to election might stand not of works, but of him that calleth. Oh, there's the difference. God's calling you. You've been given a promise. God's drawing you. God is calling you. Look, all of hell is determined to keep you from recognizing who you are. He's like Balak wanting to cast a stumbling block. He's wanting to point to all your faults and all your failures. He's trying to hold you under bondage under your first birth and point to all your mistakes and all your failures and all your weaknesses and all your struggles. And he's trying to hold you a prisoner to your past. Let God deal with you right now. You feel like you've been living under a curse, but God is coming to tell you, I'm drawing you. I'm dealing with your heart. You might have been going through a hard time. You might have been going through a trial. You've been battling 
sickness for many years, but I've come to turn the curse into a blessing. Why? Because I love you. Yeah, the devil hates you, but God loves you. The devil voted against you. God voted for you. I tell you, which way are you going to cast your vote tonight? Yes, Israel had her back carnal parts. They had their side that wasn't praiseworthy. I don't know about y'all. Stick around a little while. You might find a part that's not praiseworthy. But in spite of their imperfections, by the purpose of God that works through election, by grace and not by works, they had the cloud by day and the pillar of fire by night. They had the smitten rock, the brazen serpent, and signs and wonders. They were vindicated, not in themselves, but in God. And every time Balak... And every time Balaam tried to curse the children of Israel, God blessed them. Every time he wanted to go out there and say, oh, uh, these people, look at their faults, look at their failures. They've come up for prayer time and time again and they've gone right back into the same bondage and you feel like you can never get the victory. Satan's just trying to curse you. He's trying to curse you in your mind. He's trying to tell you you'll never get complete and total victory. He's trying to tell you that you can never make a total surrender. But every time the devil tried to curse him, God said, I'm going to bless him. Glory to God. Every time the devil tries to curse you, I say you might as well just start looking for the blessing. If I'm going through a hard time, I'm looking for my blessing. If I'm sick, I'm looking for my blessing. If the devil's attacking my family, I'm looking for the blessing. If the devil's trying to curse you, church, you might as well start looking around and say, God is going to bless me. If you're thirsty, look for rain. If you're hungry, look for manna. If you're sick, look for healing. If your children are lost, look for them to be found. If you want the Holy Ghost, let him pour it out on you. Come on. Look for the blessing. Jesus Christ is here to bless you. Start looking for it. Start acting like it. Start talking like it. Start believing it. Start speaking to the mountain. We'll just call for the musicians. Come on. Look, I know the way God dealt with my heart. Somebody here has been going through a hard time. Devil's been cursing you, trying to throw rocks at you, trying to tell you you're never going to make it. You're never going to be healed. This is just the way it's going to be. Trying to get you to point at the symptoms, trying to, trying to point at the doctor's report. Hallelujah. Yeah, well, what about it? If I'm going through a test and if I'm going through a trial, it's the greatest thing that ever happened to me. Lord Jesus, you must have saw fit in your infinite wisdom that I must bear this burden. But, oh God, you would never give me more than I could bear. So, Lord, I ask by your power and your grace, you come by your Holy Ghost, Lord. Lift up my hands or lift up my voice. Lord, give me strength because I'm going to glorify you. If I can't open my mouth, I'll lift my hand. If I can't lift my hand, I'll shrug my shoulder. If I can't move my leg, I'll wiggle my foot. If I can't wiggle my foot, I'm going to wiggle my toe. But I'm going to do something for God because my God.
to a blessing. Why don't you praise him? Abraham staggered not at the promise of God, but was strong in faith, giving glory to God. Why don't you give him glory? Why don't you just praise his wonderful name? He's worthy of it. Nevertheless, the Lord God would not hearken unto Balaam. But the Lord thy God turned the curse into a blessing unto thee. Because the Lord thy God loved thee. What about your condition? Your struggle? Maybe you feel worthless. You feel like giving up. Jesus is here to tell you that your condition is not your identification. Your identification is the word. Think of that woman at the well. She was stuck. There was no redemption for her condition. Married five times. You know, what's, you know what's strange? She was a believer. Sure she was. She believed there was coming a Messiah. She sure made a mess of things. She made a lot of bad decisions. Here she, she's believing for the Messiah, but she's an outcast. She can't go to the regular Bible studies. You know, she can't go to the luncheons nobody wants to hang out with her because her life's been marked she wants to be normal she feels all alone feels like Satan dropped her for virtue nobody wants her There she is sitting out at a well one day, living under a curse of mistakes and failures. And somebody comes by and says, Woman, give me a drink. I believe that same Jesus is here tonight. Saying, Will you give me a drink? God did he started to commune with her and discern her thoughts and intents of her heart and tell her her condition took a woman that was hopeless and living under a curse and she was able to take that very curse and condition and turn it into a blessing where she was so overwhelmed with joy that she had met the Messiah once what was a reproach she was able to run back into the city and say come see a man who's told me all the things that I've done is this not the Messiah that same Jesus is here to do that for you to take your condition and your trial and take what you're battling 
and start to turn what you feel like is your greatest trial and your greatest test into a blessing for the glory of God. With every head bowed, maybe there's somebody here that you just want to say, Lord, I need you to come by my way. I, I need a supernatural touch. I, I need you to change my situation for your glory. God bless you. Many hands are up. Lord Jesus, thank you for your love. It's unwavering. It's unmeasured. It's insurmountable. It's more than sufficient. It conquers all. Lord, we have a lot of needs represented here. But you're the God that meets every need. So Lord, we're going to bind our faith together. We're going to continue to speak your word. We're going to continue to speak to the mountain. We're going to continue to declare you are a healer. And that sickness can't stay. Those that are in bondage will be set free. We shall have our liberty, Lord. Because you have given it to your bride. Lord, I pray for all the hands that have been lifted up, Lord. May you just move upon their heart right now in a supernatural way that their faith would reach out and claim what they have need of. We just look to you right now and ask that you just move now in a special way. May you water the word into their hearts and may it bring forth the manifestation of what's been spoken. In Jesus Christ's name I pray. Amen. Let's just sing this.
You are worthy. 